You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams, Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. National Signing Days in the books. We've already talked about that and covered it for you. And quite frankly, guys, we're at a spot in the year that's tough. It's kind of the dog days of, of college football because it's that little gap between. And it's even more of a dog day now, Rusty, because it's something that you brought up probably – a sure. half dozen times at this point, dead period. Yeah, and man. so from from now until March, it's dead period. And then uh, you got a couple, two or three more weeks, about two and a half weeks until Georgia starts spring practice. And uh, times are tough right now, but uh, but we, we got some stuff we want to talk about. But let's check in with the guys real quick. Rusty, how's it going with you, man? Surviving. Um, had a camp down in Valdosta this weekend, 190 plus kids. Um always enjoy going down there the kids are very appreciative and i always go back to something somebody told me one time that you know i was throwing around the idea of doing a camp in about oster in south georgia and everybody was like man don't do it you know they, they won't come or you won't have enough kids and um, you know obviously that's been proven wrong and it's it's just a great camp you get to see i got to see kids from bradwell institute uh berrien county Irwin county thomasville thomas county central Beach, you know, all those schools there, you know, along with the Valdostas and Houston counties and all that stuff down south of Macon. So I will say as far as Georgia prospects, I think there's a lot of young guys, but but Gabe Harris is a freshman defensive end out of Thomas County Central. Uh, he, he looks to be the part Georgia has offered. Tennessee has offered. Georgia Tech has offered. Uh, about six three, he was six three. I made him take his shoes off to measure. He was right at six three, two twenty one. Uh, just turned fifteen years old. So you're looking at a kid that potentially uh, could be, you know, where he's at now is enough, but potentially could be a six four, six five, two hundred thirty five, two hundred forty pound senior defensive end. Um, quite honestly, it's been a while. Adam Choice, Ray Drew, those type players coming out of that school. So uh, Thomasville as well, very loaded. So that little corner. Uh, we've all covered years where that southwest corner and South Georgia's produced. It looks like uh, South Georgia is again reloading, and there's a lot, a lot of young kids. But I had a good time, man, in Valdosta, and uh, just met some great kids. And one of the funnest camps I do is is that one. Tell you what, uh, they may both be in South Georgia, but there ain't nothing close about Valdosta, Georgia, and ECI, or Valdosta, Georgia, and Savannah. Uh, still about a three-hour drive, two and a half hours at the very least. So uh, you got folks coming from from distance, hey, from way downtown to get to your camp. We had a quarterback from Cleveland, Tennessee. We had a uh, we had a defensive end from Pascagoula, Mississippi. We had a couple of kids from South Carolina, and that's I mean that's fine. I mean we have no problem coming from everywhere. But you know you think about those Savannah. That's a great point. Jay Charter talking about those Savannah kids. You know, to come to Atlanta, it's three hours for them. You might as well just come there uh, to come to those camps. So, uh, you know, the camps are kind of, you know, Kip knows this, that the Nike and Under Armour are, 
you know, invite only. So it's hard to get in those as, as underclassmen. And we kind of, you know, build ourselves a little bit. Hey, this is an opportunity if you want to come. It's a good early, good starting camp. See what you're going to be and that type of thing. But, man, when I turned around, we had a quarterback from, from Cleveland, Tennessee. I was like, man, that's a haul. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, uh, uh, you know, I know that that when you start talking about and, and you were talking about Thomasville just a second ago, and I'm like, Kip, you're the hard drive when it comes to all these like former recruits. They had a linebacker out of there a little while back, four or five years ago. Can you remember who that was? I want to say his name was Thomas. Charlie. Uh, Charlie Thomas. Charlie Thomas. Georgia Tech. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, I think that was who that was. Gosh, I, 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 for some reason I couldn't remember his name. But, uh, uh, yeah, so they, they have had some good players out there, but it's been a while, and we'll see if that ends up being the next uh, guy down from down there in Thomasville. What, what's been going on with you, Kip? Well, uh, weather's been pretty uh, gross in Atlanta over the last week. It kind of kept me indoors for the most part. But, you know, getting trying to uh, – get less rounded out as far as getting into shape, less of a round, uh, shape, you know, more, more of a, I guess a rectangle type shape and, uh, getting some, some indoor biking in. But I mean, this is the off season, but we got, we got the Atlanta Nike opening regional in, in less than three weeks, it's in two weeks. So, you know, February is kind of a, it's a definitely a dead period as far as recruiting activity, but we're going to find out a lot at the end of the month. So this is kind of just that two-week lull in the storm we have right now. And I guess catch our breath a little bit, look back at the last cycle, but also kind of peek ahead to the next cycle. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, just kind of in that in-between mode of, uh, you know, uh, exhaling a little bit because that, that 2020 cycle took a lot out of all of us, just covering some of these guys and especially with, you know, two thirds of them being out of state. It was definitely a stretch for us as far as trying to make sure we had the the most in, you know accurate info available. But you know, now looking at the state of Georgia, the next two cycles are looking pretty strong. So you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of ready to roll and excited about this because you know it's like I said, just covering you know in-state prospects and knowing that there's going to be a lot of them that Georgia's involved with. It kind of has me a little amped up and and ready and itching to get to this 2021 cycle. You know, Kip brings yeah. up a point there, Jake. I don't know if you know this. The Nike is going to be at the end of this month. It's going to be the first one that I know that me and Kip have been to that's going to be indoors. And it's going to be indoors at Carrollton High School, their new 120-yard indoor, which is going to be um, exciting. I've seen it, but for everybody else to see it, it's going to be, it's going to be great. And I know – the last couple of times that me and Kip have been up to Buford, which it has a great facility and an ample amount of space, we've been through basically snow. So cold. So cold. I mean, it's the coldest I've ever been in my life. Literally about tapped out. I went to the car for a few minutes. I said, man, man up and get back. I was My, my feet were froze solid almost that day. But uh, then we go through a rainstorm and, and, and a little bit of cool last year. So it's going to be – interesting for me and Kip to get to cover one climate control indoor and uh, really get to dig into these kids. A lot of kids, I've talked to a lot of Georgia kids, a lot of Georgia kids going. There's also a lot of Georgia kids that are waiting to go to Nashville on May the 2nd. So uh, between these two camps, 
I think we'll get to see the majority of the Georgia kids compete. You know, the funny thing is, is, uh, you know, I, I don't cover recruiting anymore, but I've never been to a Nike camp. I never got to cover one because whenever I was working with a previous company, had to deal with I, Under Armour and we weren't allowed to go to the Nike camp. And then yeah. by the time I came over here at 247 and got a chance to, uh, to work it, to maybe go work in Nike camp, I, I had, I think maybe one opportunity couldn't be there. And now I cover the team. So never got to attend one Nike camp. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that's going to be huge for the testing times for these guys when it comes to being indoors and things like that. I think we may get a little bit more of an accurate read as opposed to some of these guys that you, you think are pretty fast dudes, but they're running four eights and four nines instead of in the four five four four range. And, uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they're able to kind of, uh, you know, kind of test a little bit better than maybe they have in the past. Uh, guys, wanted to start off with something that that is – to me, probably the number one topic for Georgia fans right now, and, and it's the quietest number one topic you could probably think of, and it's that fact that Georgia has an opening on its assistant coaching staff. And I wrote a couple, two or three weeks ago, I want to say it was a couple weeks ago, about what I think Georgia should do with that spot. And I thought it would be a good idea if folks maybe got to hear maybe what you guys thought Georgia should do with that spot, maybe what Georgia will do with that spot, or just get your general thoughts on it. Rusty, I'll start with you. What what are your general thoughts on it? What do you think maybe Georgia should do with that spot if you're just kind of sharing an opinion on it? Um, caught me off. I usually want to catch you off guard uh, with a question like that. Um, I am, and, and I'm, I could be way off. I could be way off here. I am starting to, to lean and, and start thinking a little bit more that Buster Faulkner may wind up being this guy and if he does it you know that would probably be a quarterback coach which means at some point Kirby Smart's going to have to divide up some special teams things um and I could be wrong there I just think the longer this kind of goes I think Kirby Smart knows what he's got in Buster Faulkner I know that Buster Faulkner came to Georgia to put the SEC on his resume and I know that from some people very very close to him and that was the decision. I could not tell you the amount of college coaches that texted me the day that we broke that, that he was coming to Georgia off the field. People were like, is this guy crazy? Because Southern Miss was really good on offense, and they were good because of him. But um, that I could very well see that happening. But it's hard to tell with Kirby Smart, these types of things. Signing day has passed. This guy has taken his time in the past. The defense coordinator job last year, we had no, you know, we, we felt like it was Dan Lanning, then the DB coach, you know, Charlton Warren. We kind of, it was just kind of really quiet. All of a sudden it popped. So, you know, we talked about this before we start recording. Something can happen tomorrow or something can happen three weeks from now. I don't think it's going to go too much longer because you're getting into that time frame where whoever it is needs to get or needs to be together with the offensive staff, know their role, and know what they're going to do in spring practice. I'm not saying it's going to be Buster Faulkner, but I am starting to lean a little bit more in that thinking that he may wind up being the guy, and if that happens, he'll coach quarterbacks. Todd Monken will be, um, you know, the offensive coordinator, and and then we'll see how they do the special teams. And and that was kind of my opinion on the whole thing is I thought that 
with with the sure. way Todd Munkin. I mean, one of the things that I, I think gets glossed over Todd Munkin is he has two years' experience coaching quarterbacks. Two. Both of those were at Oklahoma State. 2011-2012 did a really good job at it. But ultimately, he's not a quarterback guru. Most of his experience is at coaching receivers. And and I my one of my points there was the fact that if you allow him to float around and and work with different positions, oversee different positions, maybe you get his expertise in the receiving room a little bit. And I thought and and, and Kip, you I, I want to hear what you got to think about this because I posted this on the board and and Kirby Smart was asked on National Signing Day what he thought, uh, you know, about what he thought about Todd Munkin and, and his ability to come in and and help out with the recruiting class, and and he gave a pretty telling. Well, I won't I won't say pretty telling, but a potentially telling quote, I guess, is the way I would put it. When he talked about how the the wide receivers that Georgia had gotten in the class said most of them had already signed, he didn't bring up quarterbacks. He didn't bring up any other offensive positions. He brought up the receivers. And to me, I mean, obviously Georgia still got a receivers coach. They got Cortez Hankton. But the fact that he's just talking about receivers, Kip, I don't know if you read that quote or if you saw that quote, but did that kind of – kind of raise your eyebrows a little bit in terms of what might what Georgia might be able to expect from what Todd Munkin's going to do and, and how that may relate to the the extra uh, staff opening that, that Georgia has right now? It was really interesting because, one, Kirby goes out of his way to say as little as possible. I mean, any anytime you, you see the press conference for him and, and he asks a question, it's, it's like a volley. I mean, he is ready to, to, to smash that serve right back at you, no matter what question you ask. It could be, you know, an easy question. You think it's a volleyball. He he will go with the counter, just the counter sometimes. You know, uh, you know, talking about whether they want to run the ball a lot, he'll come back with, you know, well, no, we want to pass the ball a lot too, just, just to say it. So anytime he gives you an unsolicited answer like that, uh, just a – an extra detail that maybe you weren't looking for, it's worth circling back around and, and kind of taking a, a closer look at it. I mean, there's a great chance that as far as the positions go, we still have some shuffling left to go on this coaching staff. And obviously with, with a coach opening, uh, Kirby is going to look through all of his options and try to see which one gives him the best overall staff. So if it involves, you know, changing multiple positions on, on the offense it's it's something he would he would look at consider i think i mean when you look at buster though it, it does make a lot of sense just because uh, georgia is look you know is looking for more explosive plays and, and buster at, at southern miss i mean he had to make something out of nothing more often than not and that's really what he brings to the table, that and the quarterback experience. So, you know, even if if Monken ends up being, I guess, uh, on paper, uh, wide involved with the wide receivers, it's pretty obvious his experience with quarterbacks coupled with Buster is something that is going to be a boon for this coaching staff and quarterback development moving forward. It's something that they've kind of been, been missing you know, since they lost some of their their guys in on the support staff, the analysts that they had in the past, I, I think you have this combo. It really gives them an opportunity to kind of bounce back and and make that position 
a real strength of the team and of the offense. So I think Buster makes a lot of sense. But, I mean, at the same time, with the special teams, you know, just that responsibility being open, it, it just leaves a lot still in the dark and, and a lot of different ways that, that, that you can skin that cat. And I think that Kirby, he, he's pretty diligent in that regard and has been in the past as far as just looking to see what else is out there and what, what might be open uh, and might still be open in, in the coming days and the coming weeks. You know, I, th- I think if, if it does end up being Buster Faulkner, I think it's safe to say that, that Kirby Smart explored some options uh, beforehand. And, and it, you know, it's not the ideal time of year to be trying to hire a coach. Uh, you know, a lot of people have taken jobs. You know, if you're going to take somebody from somebody else, that's one thing. But it's not – it's just there are better – there's a better time of year for it. And, you know, South Carolina, what's going on there right now proves that obviously you could come in and pick a guy off here after the – the, the after national signing day is there you know they've had a mass exodus on their staff tennessee's had a lot of turnover on their staff after national signing day but the fact that buster wasn't on the road recruiting for georgia you know you had jonas hayes you had i'm sorry jonas hayes uh jonas jennings uh you had jonas jennings out there you had uh you had nick williams out there recruiting i think uh, to me that was kind of telling and then you know obviously checked with some folks and wrote about this not too long ago Got the got a strong impression that the, that the ability to become an on-field coach this year was not really the expectation for Faulkner as he come in. So it could be a thing where Kirby Smart just kind of you know sat him down, listened to him, had a chance to kind of see what he wanted to accomplish. If he ends up being the guy, obviously, and and uh, you know I would have said no chance for that a little while back as well. But then all of a sudden you get to a point where. The longer it goes, it doesn't look like it's him. And then the longer it goes, maybe it does start to look like it's him a little bit. So we'll see how that plays out. But but I, I can tell you this, from the jump, I didn't really expect it to be that way. And, and I really don't think this thing is settled at this point. I don't think they're going to wait too much longer on it. Because like Rusty said, you're wanting these guys to get involved with winter workouts. You're wanting them to kind of get in, in the player's ear. You're wanting them to kind of get – settled into their role and they're going to start building practice scripts and things like that well ahead of time and and that's just something you don't want to be doing you know a couple weeks before preseason camp begins because a lot of times that's when these coaches are taking a little bit of time off and and uh, I guess they're going to probably get a little bit more here in February uh, before the uh, dead period ends let's uh let's take a break real quick on the other side of the break we're going to talk a little bit more about Georgia's 2020 class and we're going to get into the 2021 class a little bit too This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, guys, Kip, going to start with you. 
instant impact 2020 guy who do you like I could take the super easy route and say that it could be Jared Zirkle to slide right in at kicker for Rodrigo Blankenship. Well, but, when you said super easy, I just knew you were gonna. <laughs> I just knew you were gonna say like Jalen Carson or somebody, and then bam, Rusty. Jared Zirkle. I mean, hit yeah. him with a kicker. Hit him with a kicker, Rusty. I mean that nothing would make Rusty's day the the talk about kickers and punters for the next twenty yeah. minutes of the show. But I mean, for me, you know, I look at this the the last class and the guys that were able to come in you know not necessarily early enrollees but guys are able to come in and, and earn you know that instant role on the on the team and it, it was it was George Pickens it was Dominic Blaylock and I mean Dominic Blaylock is coming back from a pretty serious injury you know everything's still going you know according to the schedule as far as that timeline is concerned coming back and being ready for the season but you still you're not 100% sure what you're going to get from him early on in the season. And there still is, you know, a lot of playing time available at wide receiver with the departure of guys like Lawrence Cager and Tyler Simmons. So I'm going with Jermaine Burton, Uh, just a guy that, you know, really doesn't have that one thing that kind of stood out as far as this deep wide receiver class is concerned, but can really do everything. And he can be a guy that can come in and play not only in the slot, but play outside as well for Georgia. And a 6'1", 190 pounds, a guy that really just has that edge to his game that I think Kirby Smart will really take to once he arrives in the summer. I mean, he's a guy that's very physical, very tough, uh, is not afraid to you know to go out there and, and block on the edge when he, when he needs to, but also just has kind of the strength to – to beat that that man press and and also to to get yards after the catch an area that Georgia really still needs you know from from that receiver group a guy that can kind of do that who who can really make cornerbacks you know work off that press bully them a little bit and, and play with that chip on his shoulder that you know really allows him to go out there and, and make play after play. Uh, at the second level and and also, you know, again, as far as extending uh, the passing game downfield. So I really like Jermaine Burton as a guy who can come in and, and maybe not start because, again, that, that room is a little different than what it looked like this time last year. But definitely get in that rotation, get a lot of snaps, and, and, and potentially make a lot of plays for this Georgia team, uh, you know, just – that needs to, to take that next step uh, as an offense, uh, you know, moving forward in, in 2020. Like that pick for sure. And I, I've said it before. I, I, I think that him or Marcus Rosenman, and, and I've gone Rosenman more often than not as the guys that I've, the receivers that I think can have an instant impact. And I don't think that's a very hot take at all. Um, I tell you one guy though that that, that I am a little hot takey on, and 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 I've, it was because I recently had a chance to like just sit there and watch his film. Something just tells me that Cedric Van Pran is going to make some noise somehow. And I know George is a little bit set at at the guard and in center positions, but there's something about that kid and the way he plays and and the just kind of the nastiness and the attitude and the energy. That, that makes me believe that, that he's one of those guys that we're going to hear about maybe during preseason camp 
as you know maybe Kirby is one of those guys that Kirby kind of goes out of his way he may not play but he goes out of his way to kind of say hey you know this kid's gonna you know this kid's doing a lot of good things kind of like he did about Nolan Smith last year Smith ended up playing but but uh, I just there, there's a lot to like about Cedric Van Pran. I think it was huge for Georgia to lock that signature down. Rusty, uh, who's who's a guy you kind of point to as as somebody you think can get it done right away? I think Darnell Washington's a guy that look. We're all going to be honest here. Kip was there. I saw some tape. He, he he was not in the best shape. He did not have the best showing at Under Armour. Now. He's coming off a hand injury where he missed two or three, what, three weeks, I think. Uh, he came off a big recruiting battle where he was taking official visits and stuffing his face for three days at a time. And all of a sudden, you know, you sign with Georgia, you know, and you kind of cruise into Under Armour and he's out of shape. He was out of shape down there. Uh, did not have a great showing. Now, you go back and watch some of the tape early in the season, you go back and watch some of the tape last summer. You go back and watch some of the tape his junior year. This is a guy that's 6'8", 250. That is going to be a mismatch for a, a lot of people. He doesn't have to be a game changer for Georgia to affect games for Georgia. He's going to get targets. that There is so much uh, room open uh, in the playing minutes. I know Trey McKitty's coming in. Uh, but there's a lot of minutes left on the field to tie in position. So I think Darnell Washington is a guy that maybe people are not realizing what kind of a specimen he is. He's going to come here the last week in May. I think it is. He comes Memorial Day weekend with those guys. And you give him a summer with Scott Sinclair and, and, and get him right, which I know he's probably having to do the offseason workouts now, but that's a guy that I think is going to be a problem for teams facing Georgia. And listen, he just he's just a problem. He bodies you up, and, and, and you can't go around him. So I think he is a person that uh, because he slipped some in the rankings, people are kind of not talking as much about him. There's only one or two like like this running around. Uh, and, and, and again, Eric Gilbert's about – Eric Gilbert, I, I would take Eric Gilbert over Darnell Washington. Let me, let me say that. If I had a choice, I would take Eric Gilbert over Darnell Washington. But give me either one of them before I don't get any of them. But going back to Eric Gilbert, he's about six four and a half. I mean, this kid is three and a half inches taller than Eric Gilbert. Uh, 15, 20 pounds heavier. I just think he's going to be a problem for teams. And I think you give him a summer in Athens. I think he's going to be pretty good next year. I think he'll be even better year two. But I think he's a guy that can be an instant impact player because he is such a problem physically for people to match up with. And that getting in shape is going to be huge. And and the thing about it is, is you're not talking about a 375 pound offensive lineman here. That's got to drop 50 pounds before he's ready. I'm talking about a guy that needs to drop 15. And yeah, I mean, listen, these kids can go on a, on a grilled chicken and broccoli diet for five days and knock that off. I mean, it's it's unreal how quickly these guys can drop some weight, and so uh, there's no doubt in my mind that, that, that that'll be able to uh, that that'll be something that he he's able to take care of quickly. Uh, wrap the show up real quick. I wanted to give you guys a chance because of the fact that Nike is just around the corner and, and things of that nature. 
let's talk about the 2021 class and 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 Rusty, what are some names? Who are some names that you're hearing about right now that that you feel like Georgia's going to be in good shape to land? And they don't necessarily have to be blue chip names, although you know that's the norm now at Georgia, uh, considering two number one classes and and two uh, and I'm sorry, four straight top three finishes. Uh, what are some names that 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 you feel like Georgia is looking good for early on? Well, I mean, obviously the three offensive linemen, they are making a big target. I'm talking about Terrence Ferguson out of Peets County, Micah Morris out of Camden, and Amarius Mims out of Bleckley. And it's, you know, it's becoming rare, obviously, with with what we've seen under Sam Pittman and Matt Luke, you know, bringing in uh, Van Pran and some of those guys, Chad Lindbergh out of Texas, which were products of Sam Pittman uh, working. But we have three kids in state that Georgia would take all three. And Georgia wants all three. I'm interested in watching those kids work at camp. I think the two linebackers, uh, Smile Munden and Barrett Carter of North Gwinnett, Smile is from uh, Paulding County. I think Glenn Schumann's probably tickled pink because he doesn't have to go to Oregon. He doesn't have to go all these other places. He's got two kids in state that he is locked in on right now. And uh, obviously with Brock Vandergriff, we'll get a chance to see him, but me and Kip talked a little bit about him yesterday. I think the 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 one kid that I'm, I'm real interested in how Georgia and what Georgia does with is West Weeks at Oconee County. I know for a fact, talking to Oconee County staff, that Kirby Smart really, really likes him. Kirby Smart went to the school. Glenn Schumann went to the school. He visited a couple weeks ago. He is the son of a former UGA captain in David Weeks, a former teammate of Kirby Smart in the 90s uh, at Georgia. He is growing into an inside backer. Uh, he's probably going to play quarterback for Oconee County this year and maybe some linebacker as well after Max Johnson left. But interested in what he runs because I've I, I seen him in that 4-6 flat range, but now he's 200, 210, 205 pounds. I uh, want to see what he runs there, but I'm telling you, it's not going to shock me if he slides in this class. Uh, in Notre Dame, all those schools are involved now, South Carolina, those type schools. It's going to be interested to see if they take a third backer and it winds up being West. Yeah, that would be interesting. And, and it wouldn't shock me if they did just because of how much they're going to lose these sure. next couple years at inside linebacker. It's not – and Kirby hit on this on National Signing Day. It's not about what they just lost or it's not about what they're about to lose after the 2021-2020 season. It's what they're going to lose after 2021 as well. I mean, they're thinking about these things ahead of time. And, and uh, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see them take six linebackers total in, in terms of inside and outside. I mean, it's atypical for them to do something like that, but – very possible in my opinion. I mean, they took five in the in total, I believe, in the 2019 class. So it's not something that that you know you would kind of take off the table. Kip, are there any names, man? man Rusty hit on a lot of in-state guys. Maybe some out-of-state guys that you feel like Georgia's in in a pretty good spot for. Well, early on, if you're looking out-of-state, it does look like as far as guys Georgia's in on early and and kind of doing a good job of recruiting right now. It's it's in the secondary right now. Uh, you look at Five-star Tony Grimes from Virginia Beach. He's the nation's number one cornerback in the country uh, for 2021. A, a guy that's six foot, 180 pounds. You know, a guy that they 
they've had on campus and that right now, uh, you know, Georgia looks to be in really good shape for, uh, you know, a, a five-star cornerback out of Virginia. And then you stay in that area. You look at Isaiah Johnson, you know, West Virginia out of Bluefield High School. He's 6'2", 180. He's the nation's number three cornerback right now. He is from Atlanta. And so, you know, he's a Georgia native, so they have that kind of connection there. But that's another guy that Georgia's had on campus. Charlton Warren has been in on early, a guy that's, you know, already been timed at, at low 4-5 in, in, in the 40. That was, you know, not in 2019, but that was in 2018. So I'm interested in seeing what he runs this spring, you know, having more experience, you know, in, in that format and, and really kind of learning – how to run the 40 something that a lot of these kids just don't have experience you know doing and every little every little you know body movement can really affect that run so i'm 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 interested in seeing i think he's going to have some of the better testing numbers you know this this spring he's already a guy that's had a 38 inch vertical has had a 4-2 shuttle so i really think he's going to test off the charts and i think he's a guy that george is really in good shape in right now and then you look at the number one safety in the country right now, James Williams, a guy that spent time at Western High School as a junior, is now back at American High, American Heritage High School, uh, and and that is an area in Fort Lauderdale that that Georgia's had a lot of success recruiting in the past. They've gotten a lot of players out of that high school, and James is a guy that's been on campus multiple times. You know, just coming off a visit last month to Georgia again. He's a guy that's just really intriguing. Uh, you know, his recruitment, I expect it to have some twists and turns. But and you don't see a lot of guys who are trying to play safety at the next level who come in at, you know, pretty pushing a legit six foot five, 220 pounds. It's just uh, such an intriguing blend uh, of, of size and, and physicality that he has on film. I mean, he is a huge presence on film right now, patrolling that secondary. He's kind of an enforcer at the point of contact. There's so many different ways that you can use a guy like that. And I think that that's, that's someone that Georgia has really impressed early on. You know, I don't want to throw out the fact that any of these guys are, you know, just outright having Georgia number one because none of these guys are naming leaders right now. But as far as guys that we can say that Georgia's done a pretty good job recruiting, I think there's three defensive backs, all five stars right now in the 24-7 sports composite are guys that Georgia's in in seriously with right now, done a good job recruiting, and I think we can call them legitimate contenders heading into the spring, knowing that, you know, anything can happen going into that summer as well. They have very different timelines as far as when they might want to, you know, announce their decisions, but really keeping an eye on James Williams just because of that size that, you know, that physicality he has out there. You can really use him in, in just a number of ways, and Kirby loves that versatility. There's There are a lot of ways you can use him on that defense, kind of playing that hybrid, you know, position could bring a whole new look to, to Georgia's defense in the future. And then, obviously, nobody even hit on running back. And, I mean, there's so much to cover when it's so early, this early in the process. And 
I mean, you've got the nation's number one back in Kamar Wheaton that, that George may try to get in the mix with. You've got Dev- Donovan Edwards, who was on campus here recently out of Michigan. Uh, you've got uh, Evan Pryor out of North Carolina, who was on campus recently. Cody Brown from inside the state of Georgia. Lavoisier Carroll is a guy who's been mentioned around Georgia, originally from Warrington. Uh, Georgia goes to IMG Academy now. So there, there are a lot of names there, too, in a very deep running back class and, and one that you kind of get the impression that uh, that somebody's going to kind of rise up the board and, and, and really make an impact. I don't think that that top group of, of running backs in the country is really set yet. And, uh, you know, you also got Will Shipley uh, from out of, out of uh, North Carolina as well. I mean, there's just a lot of really good players at that position in this class. And if we know anything, George is really good at attracting them. Uh, that's all we've got for this show. Uh, we'll be back with you guys next week. Got a lot of topics to to discuss, and and as as the dead period gets closer and closer to being over, as spring practice gets closer and closer, we'll have more to kind of shed as far as the team, and and as more as far as the 2021 class. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24/7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell of Dogs 24/7. You guys take it easy. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.